What's going on? Welcome back to the Look Mum, I'm Hustling podcast. And look, Dad, we're we're hustling as well. So dads should be aware that we're hustling as well as the mums. Are we just leaving out dads entirely and just being like, hey, to all the mums out there, don't worry about you dads. <laughs> don't care about you dads. Well, that's just not the, the, common, the common phrase is look mum, no hands, or look mum, mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Yeah. And uh, or there's like the Panic at Disco song, look ma, I made it. Maybe we should incorporate some dad element into it. I mean, I do have dog dad <laughs> hat do. on, dog dad afternoon. Maybe we need to add uh, maybe a secondary show for the dads. For the dad, look daddy dad. Daddy hour. Daddy hour. Hey, daddy. <laughs> hey, daddy. But you picked up that hat today and I thought there was a video that was called dog dad, but it's called plant dad. And it's just a Jimmy Fallon, Andy Samberg YouTube video of them just saying how much they're plant dads. Right. Yeah. So it's just that's what they're proud of is just being plant owners. Yeah. I put the link because I just literally found it a second ago. I put the video in there if you wanted to. It? If you want to watch it, it's, it's pretty up, funny. Up, you're the, you brought it up. Yeah. So you want to Yeah. You know, it's a classic Andy Samberg uh, song. It's going to come up with obviously a ad to begin with, as all YouTube most videos do come up with, but. Would you call yourself, actually, we're probably not the best plant parents. We try. We're not green thumbs by any means. No. If a website has malware we're better with, um, from your browser. We're better with animals than we are with plants, <laughs> which I is what you'd want. Arguable. <laughs> All these ads. No, we're too cheap. But- you guys, spring is good friends. <laughs> Plant dad. Plants love me. Dig them, raise them. One, two, three. Go into the garden, get on my knees. Give a little drink to my bonsai trees. I've got my pot, I've got my seeds. I give little kisses to the itty bitty leaves. Right, we get it, we get it. My dream. I like to go green if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I love plants too. My wife is leaving me for another man. I'm a plant dad. I love plants. What are them? Some anyway, them. that's what your hat reminded me of. I'm fun. a plant dad. <laughs> I'm a dog dad. So I'm a dog dad. That's yeah. the one thing I have responsibility over. Mm-hmm. He's a little poochie boy, and he's not here right now. Someone else is taking care of him for the, the one hour I get to put my feet up for the week. Yes, and record this pod. So thank mm-hmm. you guys for listening, for tuning in to Look Mum, I'm Hustling, episode seventy-two. Yes, very nice number. Is there any significance to the number seventy-two? Is it like a prime number or something? Not sure. No, you're divided by th- you're asking 36. like the wrong person for this one here about numbers and stuff. There's probably a Every number has a meaning, right? Like, Does it? Yeah. So you can even, like, probably won't, but you can Google what is the meaning of number 72. Like Significance. Them. Yeah. Every- I'm afraid it's going to be some sort of dilemma or disastrous number. Well, it's like, uh, like marriage anniversaries and stuff. Every year, like, symbolizes something, so. Every single year? Yeah. So every anniversary, like, means something. So obviously, I don't know, like, year 50 that you're married, it's, like, worth a gold or a diamond or something. If that's divisible, that's in uh, increments of 25. I don't think that's, like... Your 33rd anniversary. I don't think it works in every single year. You get a book. <laughs> Probably not the 33rd, no. but yeah. If you get in the books 33 years down the track, I mean, I feel sorry for you, I guess. Unless you love books and then it's a perfect gift. Well, that's true. Yeah. Every year you just get the number of books that you've been married. So that, that means you can stay away from your, your wife or your husband for the entire year. It's a 50 anniversary. You get 50 books. That's 50 weeks of reading. That means... Hundreds of less hours to spend with your partner. Great way to spend your So marriage. a book is almost like a gift for both people, right? One person gets to read and the yeah. other person gets to keep the other person busy. That's true. That is very true. And I've thought about it like that, but we just shun some light on why relationships work. We should be relationship experts. Yeah. One person needs to be a reader and the other person needs to just do their own thing. Well, that could tie into this first little article that I've found. It's not really, It's. I mean, it's financial advice, but it's for couples specifically. Right. And I guess relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we've dealt with in the past. I haven't even really looked at this and I don't think you have either. No. But I guess just speaking from our experience, that's all we have to speak on. We can weigh in on this article and what we, our thoughts are and stuff. So this is from Forbes.com. Should couples merge their finances? New research weighs in. And let me get rid of this. There's a little X symbol there. Yep. Thank you. Welcome. So a new study published in the Journal of Consumer Research investigates how merging finances in a joint bank account affects the quality of relationships for engaged or newlywed couples. The study reveals that couples who merge their finances enjoy a protective effect that safeguards against the decline in relationship quality over time. 
Researchers conducted a two-year, six-wave longitudinal experiment where participants were divided into three groups, merging finances, keeping separate accounts, or no intervention. So the control group. And the results were that couples who kept separate accounts or had no intervention, so they just kept carrying on as if they weren't part of the study, Mm -hmm. experienced the usual decline in relationship quality over time. However, couples who merged their finances were shielded from the decline. So they weren't completely gone uh, in terms of all their troubles weren't completely gone, but they had it was less of an effect. Gotcha. So mainly due to involved financial harmony among the joint accounts, resulting in less conflict, higher satisfaction. So really all it's saying is communication is key across the board, right? And mm-hmm. this more specifically with this article to do with finances. Right. Because I know we've touched on it in the past before, but we joined our bank accounts like ridiculously early on, in our, not ridiculously early, but pretty early on in our relationship. Main reason why was because we wanted to pay off debt, but also travel for a little bit as well. And the only way we could do that was having a joint account where the funds were going into sort of like one central location. But as time went on, and I think after like reading Barefoot Investor and Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Gordon, I was going to say Gordon Ramsay. Is it Gordon Ramsay? The other book Gordon guy? Ramsey didn't no, not Gordon Ramsay. Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Ramsey, the other Ramsey. Yeah. Um, just having now we've got like just one main like central sort of account that everything gets paid out of. And that's sort of like what it's sort of um evolved in over time, but it's definitely made things a lot easier. Um, it's definitely made things, I guess, a lot more transparent on I guess, how much we need to save and things like that. I mean, you're the whiz. You're the one who came up with the spreadsheet, the breakdown, um, how we divide our funds percentage-wise. Yeah. I think for us, like you said, it started with the the joint effort of paying off the debt Mm -hmm. and having all the finances in one place means we could attack things faster. The main approach that we did use was the Dave Ramsey approach of snowballing, so paying off... Well, is it the smallest debt or the largest debt first? Uh, it's the smallest one. Smallest one. one. Yeah. So then if something is $10 a week, for example, you get that debt paid off first and then that $10 is rolled mm-hmm. into the next one, which may be $20. So straight away you've got $30 to attack that one and then once that's paid, then all the money snowballs up into the larger one. Yes. Um, so if you have eight debts that you were paying off, mm-hmm. the seven that have been attacked, so all of that money that was paying for those seven now can be rolled up and snowboard into attacking the bigger, the bigger uh, debt, yeah, right? So 100%. and it's also about chipping away at all the interest and stuff you're accruing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the way that we sort of started, we had, I think it was like a zip pay, a little bit of a zip pay debt. Then we had like, I had a credit card, you had a credit card. We sort of paid those off and then it sort of helped snowball into paying off um, there was like a bigger... We paid off the car and everything yes, like that. Yes, yes, that was like the bigger ones. So yeah, for us, it came down to having a a goal that we both wanted to attack together mm-hmm. and then well, in terms of paying off debt, but then also a goal of saving for a holiday, for example. Um, I was just brought up this, the show we were watching on Netflix, How, How to Get Rich with... I forget what his name is, Ramit Sethi. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the the conversations and the episodes in that episode with the couples just highlight how much disparity and lack of communication there can be in couples that don't have their finances joint together. I'm not saying it. this is not financial advice to do it if you're in a relationship and you don't have your finances joint with your partner. But it's definitely something to consider because it just means like this article, this, this first study that we're showing, mm-hmm. It just opens up the communication waves and allows everyone to be on the same page and monitor each, not monitor because you can still overspend with the joint account, obviously, mm-hmm. but just being on the same wavelength in knowing that you just have a combined goal and you're both attacking it at the same time. Yeah. Well, on, being- on, on this show, for example, there's couples that just don't at all have no. joint finances and that's generally the cause of a lot of the frustrations or even the anxiety behind it, because one of the things is a lot of people have anxiety behind debt, like debt's very terrifying and it can just build up over time, especially if you're not systematically paying it off. And if we weren't transparent about our debt to begin with early on, like how much your credit card was, how much my credit card was, we wouldn't be able to tackle it together and pay it off together. And in that show, 
a lot of them are hiding how much oh, debt from they the, have. From their partner. The partner exactly. doesn't even know how much they're paying or exactly. how much they owe to begin with. Yeah. Or how much is even in their own savings accounts to begin with. Like they have no idea and they're living in the same household. They'd be married or they're about to get married. Money is one of those things like, yes, it can be scary, but it's super important to make sure that your other half is 100% aware of how much is going into that account. Yes, it might seem a little... um not controlling, but it might seem, I guess, not as important if you've been under your own finances for so long. But if you're going to be sharing your life with someone, then they need to know, I guess, how much of that income is coming in because it's so essential to living. Yeah. It's about trust building. There's not much, there's other things to trust others within life, but finances is one of those things that you need to survive. Yes. So- it, it's for us, it's been a, a game changer, and we're just on the same page every week in terms of what's getting paid, who's spending what. We're not big spenders anyway, but mm-hmm. majority of the time, we're we're not seeking approval from the other person. We're just acknowledging and letting them know this amount is getting spent for this reason. Yeah, and because it's so um, few and far between, the term, the times that we do spend a significant chunk. For ourselves, it's usually on something like a pair of shoes, running shoes or something that you need anyway. It's not like mm-hmm. going to buy comic books or anything. Um, it's just that open transparency, trust, and co- like communication is the foremost important thing in this, in, in regards to finances anyway. so yeah. And I think also having a goal as well, because we had that goal of paying off debt and then going on a holiday. But after that finished, we didn't really have another goal in mind. So we were just spending more money than we planned to. We weren't really keeping track of it or anything like that. So now that we have a new goal of, you know, saving for a house deposit and saving for another holiday and just making sure that we have a pretty decent emergency fund, like having those three goals in mind really helps align the finances and make sure there isn't a lot of excess being wasted. Like it's pretty much all accounted for. So yes, like being transparent, but also having a goal of like what you want to do with that money as well, because without a goal or without a purpose, then- It will slip aside. Exactly. So to finalize, this study offers three potential reasons why the merging of finances leads to positive relationship outcomes. Number one, joint uh, Joint accounts can prompt partners to consider how they justify purchases, which we just touched on, to each other, leading to reduced conflict and improved financial well-being. The transparency, so point number two, the transparency created by opening a joint account can allow partners to better understand each other's priorities and align their financial goals, which we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And number three, merging money in a joint account can promote a sense of togetherness and eliminate the dynamic of your money versus my money. Ah, and, so the whole breadwinner analogy yes, in a way. which was, again, another problem in that How to Get Rich show. There was a couple that there was a stay-at-home dad and his partner was making majority of the money mm-hmm. and there was that segmentation of whose money is what rather than having that united front. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and actually that took us a while to because as you were building your business – you weren't earning as much as I was and it took a while to get that my money is your money and your money is my money and now everything's just ours. Like we don't have that segregation of any finances anymore. It's just both of us because we both work equally as hard. Yeah, and it's it's kind of different as well because the income that you make and the income that I make aren't that far apart. No, Whereas if now they're not, which is awesome. I can imagine it being harder if... For example, one half of the partnership is making four grand a week and one's making one. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, a much bigger gap in pay there. Yes. Um, so that could, I can understand why that would present more challenges. But when it's, you know, within like 10% or something of one another, then it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to consider is also just if you have all the money lumped together, then potentially can generate more. Um, interest and things like that mm-hmm. and just the savings rate if you have money just sitting in a, a savings account can go up faster because you have more money lumped together so there's there's plenty of aspects to it but yeah that's actually another valid point again we're not financial experts here this is just going based off our own experiences and what we've been through um, but we've also recently moved our savings account to another high high interest rate savings account and it's just about being aware of the the market or what your own bank offers. So, yes. yeah, we made that decision because it was like a whole like 1% higher. Yep. So, you know, guess a little bit extra money every like month. 1% is massive difference. Mm-hmm. 
playing devil's devil's advocate for this article though you can still reap a lot of these benefits of having a joint account if you and your partner don't have the accounts together so for example we're talking about transparency communication mm-hmm. having a united front all of those things can still be achieved with separate accounts if you just sit down and open up the books and share them with your partner and make time to open that that topic up for conversation. So it's not saying you must do this in order to reap these benefits. You can still get them. It's just you have to do the work. Yeah, but it's about just having that conversation, you know, whether it's weekly or monthly, just having a finance check-in. Yeah, just so at least you know. once a month, the yeah. minimum. Yeah, yeah. You talk about in that part there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that that's a whole whole thing. Like it's always very beneficial. We find it beneficial. I mean, it's helped us, you know, book another holiday that we'll hopefully go yeah. at the end of the year. You know, hopefully, all things- going. We pay for the flights. We're definitely. I'm we going with or without you. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> if I get sick, too bad. I'm going. I'm taking your seat, I'll spread my legs on that Ooh, tiny little Asia flight. Mm-hmm. So, looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, just just something to talk about relationships, following on from the 50 anniversary or the anniversary conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, talking like, do we have anything else that leads into that? Did, did I just Usually, butcher a segue? Maybe or? no, I don't think so. We, we have- went from Andy Samberg to finances, <laughs> dads yeah. to you know relationships. Why not? Um, I don't think I have anything that ties into couples. Everything else is kind of F- find a find a linkage for us, would you? Separate. Um, you can't remember what you put in here, do you? No, I do remember. And just trying to figure well, how's out what's been. Let's just let's just find a way to find her out. Yes. Let's, if you can't go through it, you must go under it or around it or over it. Figure out another good way. advice. Yeah. Um, the it's- week has been okay. This is the second week of my holidays. As always, it's gone too fast. We have a running joke of when it's Wednesday, it's actually Sunday. So as soon as it hits that Thursday morning or even that Wednesday night, the rest of the week is pretty much gone for us because it's always so busy towards the end of it. Um. Yes, I have to go back to work on my normal day job on Monday, which should be okay. Um, I've been enjoying staying at home and working on the business. And then, well, actually what we did was did all the the business work on the Monday, Tuesday, and now there's only light work going forward. Yeah, for that, which is not too bad. Imagine doing that every week, working guns blazing for Mm -hmm. two days and then having five days, not necessarily off, but you're only working at like 10, 20% of your normal Mm-hmm. output for the, the rest of those days i don't know if it's like it it's kind of flies in the it's kind of batching i guess because yes. you're just doing two gigantic days mm-hmm. but you still have to put your foot into the game a little bit for the rest of the week mm-hmm. so i don't know if it's worth like chipping away a little bit each day so it's not quite as burdensome or just batching the hell out of two days because those two days you don't really get much chance to do anything else no and how's your week been? You've done two weeks now of doing your solo live slash podcast. I've done two hours of podcast on my own. That's, yeah. That's, a, that's just a fun thing. Other than that, it's been fun. You bet. I've had you off, been in, um, busting your balls the whole time, which is always delightful. <laughs> my figurative sure you- <laughs> balls. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just another, just another week for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, they're just flying by. I can't believe this is episode 72. I know. So on the weekend, we're going to really try just the two days off just to relax and watch movies and, you know, just try not to do anything, which will be always a challenge. Um, I know if I read, I can be distracted for the whole day. Um, I might get a little bit antsy, so I'll work out or go for a walk or take Archie out. But I know that's going to be an extra challenge for yourself to switch off and not think about work and actually enjoy a movie marathon. Try him. Yeah. So one thing we can watch, although it had, does have bad reviews and a lot of heat coming after them right now, is the new Marvel TV show Secret Invasion. Right. So we talked about AI and stuff a bunch in the past, generative AI mm-hmm. in, in form of mid-journey and things like that. Mm-hmm. Marvel have actually been criticized for using AI to make the opening credits of their new show, oh. Secret Invasion, which I think only has one episode out. I remember you saying the headline, but I don't know anything about it. Like, why did they get criticized for using it? Because stop, it, just think about it for a second. Marvel. Mm-hmm. What, what are they? Oh, they're like a comic book thing. They, they're designed, or well, their whole enterprise, whole business is built on artists and creators and storytellers and mm-hmm. original artwork and 
I mean, I mean, a lot of the characters aren't new, obviously. It's mm-hmm. just new iterations of them, new artists doing their rendition of it. But generally, it's the same looking character. Yeah. But to rely on AI to generate artwork instead of an actual artist, that's where the backlash is coming in. But if you think about it, Secret Invasion, the Secret Invasion of AI getting in there. <laughs> You're really stretching for- <laughs> Stretching for straws. I don't know. That's oh, that saying. looks whack, though. Yes, that's okay. the problem. <laughs> you can't. It's not going to be that great. But yeah, it's getting Marvel are getting criticised for using AI instead of mm-hmm. uh, a, a fresh artist, an upcoming artist, for example, to oh, do sure. the artwork. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's the, it's the easy way out, right? And that's why I use Mid Journey because it's the easier way out than learning how to do art from scratch. So Marvel Studios is from VentureBeat.com. Marvel Studios has been a global entertainment juggernaut for the last 15 years, turning beloved but sometimes obscure comic book franchises into massive successes in TV and film. Mm -hmm. In its latest TV series, Secret Invasion, debuting on Disney+, Plus, starring Samuel L. Jackson in his iconic role as former S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury, has been met with immediate backlash upon its premiere today, June 21, over the use of AI to generate the imagery of the title cards in the opening sequence. So people are disappointed. I'll bring up some artwork here and you tell me if you like it or you can tell immediately that it's a kind of Whack. disjointed AI renditions of things. Oh, it's so disjointed. So all they've said is put in green and black cityscape moody. It's like a Wizard of Oz, like dystopian style. So there's that one. There's, mm-hmm. If you're listening to the pod, we are on YouTube and the video version is on Spotify as well. If you want to see the visual component of the show, come on over, drop us a like, drop us a sub, drop us a Hello. another like. Yeah, why not? Like everywhere. So this one here of Nick Fury is probably the most like, egregious one, I would say. That's Samuel Jackson. So whack. Look, like, look at his, he's basically got a hair lip. So weird. It's, um. Yeah, okay, not a fan. When you have so much expenses and creative assets at your disposal, like Marvel does, it, that's where the backlash comes in. Like this one here is a bit whack. Although it'd have so many artists on retainer, right? Who's that meant like to be? It's not a good, um. No, it's very not bizarre. A good look. Mm-hmm. So they just got. Pro- they probably got what mid journey to generate it for them. Oh, I would imagine so, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So bizarre. So the thing is, it's you can actually. It's not like it. We're in the the gray area where you can't tell if it's AI or if it's human made. Mm-hmm. It's clearly not made by human. Yeah, because it's just like it's a- just out of proportion and not even like in an abstract, interesting way. It's just whack. It just looks whack. Yeah. So. That's a bit sad. Interesting. Okay. Even a former Marvel concept artist who claimed to have worked on the series itself joined in on the dog pile tweeting, Secret Invasion intro is AI generated. I'm devastated. I believe AI to be unethical, dangerous, and designed solely to eliminate artists' careers. That's a pretty intense take. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent most spent almost half a year working on this show and had a fantastic, fantastic experience working with the most amazing people I ever met. Um, but it's like, I don't think it's it's just disappointing just because it's Marvel, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to be getting rid of artists jobs. Like artists can, and we've talked about this before where it's just getting elevate that to the next stage. But the fact that they, you know, just did purely AI is a bit unusual. Like it almost seems like the cheap option. They were probably trying to go for something like cool or maybe they wanted to generate some kind of interest or hot take. Like it's one of those things. Now it's in the news, right? Now it's a bit of a controversy and anything that has a bit of a controversy, people are going to come in and watch it. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. All news is good news. Or no, What do they say? Uh, Drake says all news is like bad no, news is good news. No news is good news. No news is good news. But, but then all, all PR is good PR. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah, like it could just be to muster up some interest in the show. Um, but it could go either way. People could either boycott it. It is just the opening credits, though. Yeah. It's not. Sometimes the opening credits 
like the most interesting part. I say that. You're like, why do you like to watch the opening credits? When it's a new show. Sometimes. When it's a new show, I like to watch the opening credits because usually they'll give a bit of a take on what the show is about. Sometimes they'll give Easter eggs. It's usually a theme to it. Obviously, if it's a really, really good show, they'll have like a pretty decent intro like Silo or something like that. If it's just a general comedy or whatever it is, not usually, but sort of a if it's like a deep thinking, provoking show, usually the intro's... Um, or the title credits, or whatever it is, is kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot more of the, the drama type things these days. The intros are a lot more uh, alluding to what the show's about and mm-hmm. the Easter eggs and that sort of thing. Yes. But back in the day, they weren't. They were just like full house intros, to funky song, and People just like just the going- characters yeah, <laughs> smiling at the <laughs> yeah, camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess it's not the whole show. I mean, if they had AI write the script and stuff, different mm-hmm. story. Yeah. There is a part of this article here talking about. The use of AI, so it says, it says the use of AI to create secret invasions opening credit comes at a particularly fraught time period between major Hollywood studios and the creative community uh, in terms of like the union strike that's going on, yes. moment, renewal yeah. of contract payments and streaming and AI era. So I guess... I don't really care, to be honest. It's whatever. So it's it doesn't just the affect intro, your job or you. But I can understand how Marvel fanboys are pretty butthurt about it. Yeah, they probably want some, maybe the original artist, if they're still alive, because I know some of these books are really, really old, to do the artwork for it, you know, to have a light shine or maybe something a little bit more interesting. Yes, it's an unusual thing for a hand-drawn or, you know, like a human-drawn um series or you know world to be then generated by ai all right so we'll mm. see how this show pans out yeah i'm mad because it's coming out week to week it wouldn't if there's that much of a backlash and it wasn't purposeful mm-hmm. i wonder if they have enough turnaround time to like change the opening credit for next week's episode interesting if they don't then it was purposeful because they would have the time and the resources to employ a half dozen artists to like mm-hmm. pump out over the next two days a new intro, replace that, 100%. and then send it back to the Disney Plus, I guess, servers yeah. or wherever hosts the video. There's probably some fan out there already that have done like a mock up and be like, my version's better. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because people do, do that all the time. They'll recut someone's trailer or things like that and be like, this version's better. Like, why couldn't it be like this? All right. So, time will tell. I don't think mm. we're going to do a follow up on this topic, though. It's kind of just a. So just a little side, side one. Little side one, little side, uh, little side note there. I had to touch on AI for a little bit, you know? And we don't even actually have Disney Plus to check this out. No. Um, uh, the last time we had it was to watch the Han Solo series and then we cancelled it. So it's one of those ones that we cancel and get all the time just depending on what we want to watch on that platform. Yeah, it's Star Wars or Marvel. Mm. There's not much else on there no. unless you want to build a snowman. Yeah, we have too many active at the moment. Um and it's been near impossible to choose something to watch because there's just been so many options. That's what's the problem sometimes. Yep. Too privileged. Too privileged. Too privileged for so all of it. We'll be watching Silo tonight. I think it's episode nine is out. Is it the last one? No. But okay. There should be ten episodes of Silo. It so. has been really good. We'll probably do a bit of a recommendation on that uh, when we finish watching. I think we will for sure. Yeah. So episodes nine out tonight and then ten next week. Oh, okay, because last night ended up in a cliffhanger. Actually, the last couple have been ending in cliffhangers, so not the best. We try to – actually, this is one we've actually been watching week for week, so sometimes we'll wait until it's all out, but it's really enjoyable. I wonder uh, if there'll be a season – because there's three books, mm-hmm. if they follow it up for a season two. Depends what happens at the end of – because we haven't read the books, so – in June, the series has been renewed for a second season, so that's Ooh, always good. It's not even finished. That means it's really good. So perhaps it's it. one season per book. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Makes sense. It's really good. Really enjoying Started it. Started filming th- oh, three days ago. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Good to know that we're going to get another one. All right. So what else is happening? Um, uh, What's a fun one? Did you know that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are going to get into a fight? No, they're not. Yeah. That's just... Is it fake news? 100% is fake news. <laughs> it just reminded me of, um, what's that claymation boxing one? The celebrity... Celebrity death match. Yeah. We just, just have like Stone Cold Steve Austin fighting like Paul Abdul or something. Yeah, it was super random. It just reminded me of that, of just like a claymation version of them fighting. 
and it used to be just the most random. Do they actually like kill each other in the, no, in they, the show? No, yeah, they. It's pretty. It's called death match. For yes, a they actually died. They yeah. would just die in horrific different ways: mm-hmm. acid and chainsaws and whatever. Do you think that show would be okay now? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's it's a parody. It's a, it used to be on MTV, I believe. Yes, and it's it's not. It was never really making fun of anyone mm-hmm. in terms of like defaming their likeness or their personality or their career or anything. It was literally just a goof off. Yeah, but if they had a particular like facial feature that was that would um, exaggerate like the um, way that they looked, not really. Yeah. Look it up, like the celebrity death match. They would have exaggerated like certain features. I, w- I watched a lot of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there was, they wouldn't have exaggerated that much. Okay. I don't recall them doing that. They were pretty. In terms of you made a clay thing and mm-hmm. you were like a clay expert, is pretty much spot on. Okay. They're not like putting on gigantic ears onto someone that has big ears. To be honest, it's been a very very long time I watched it, but as soon as I saw that news article, I was like, really. <laughs> So what's it saying? It's saying let's get ready to rumble. Zuckerberg agrees to fight Musk in cage match. It's not going to happen. It's just, just let's who knows because I have actually been caught out by fake news once before. Was the was it the Jay Z one? Not Jay Z. Um, Puff Daddy and the police. Yes. yes. So you brought up a topic. Yeah. And the morning. The next day. No, it was that. Uh, okay, I'll give you a bit of grace here. The day after we spoke about it, it was clearly just a troll job by on the by Puff Daddy, who was like Daddy. his over exaggeration. P Diddy, Puff Daddy, P Daddy, P Doffy, P Doffy, whatever his name is, Sean, um, Sean Diddy, Sean Diddy McPuff Comb. <laughs> so this is saying Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Meta CEO Zuckerberg could step into the octagon after openly teasing each other on social media. It's never going to happen, not in a million years. No, they're just trying to um, up their cred points. I think. So um, on June 20, Musk tweeted that he'd be up for a cage match with Zuckerberg after learning that Meta plans to release a Twitter alternative name, Threads. Oh, yeah. that's what it's called. We even missed the name. Okay. Well, you, you said it was going to be called Penny. I thought a Penny was a cute name for it because a Penny for your thoughts. But Threads is... But So wait, so... Twitter's, Twitter already has... Like, not, no, they call it a thread, right? Like yeah. when you have like more Twitters in a row, tw- a tweets a in a row. That's a bit of a stab. <laughs> So in response, Zuckerberg screencapped a must tweet, added semi location, and posted it to his Instagram story. Zuckerberg does do a lot of uh, jujitsu. He's actually won a tournament. I was about recently. to say he won one recently, right? Came first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Elon Musk stands a chance, to be honest. No, I think Elon Musk is like a big tall dude, but I don't think he has any fighting skills, right? Yeah, this is not. He's n- too busy to. This is never going to happen. Not in a million years. Not Zuckerberg a- will probably beat him anyway. Vegas Octagon. Could you imagine? It'd be as big as what Logan Paul and KSI, or no Jake Paul and KSI, whatever it is. It wouldn't be that big. No. What about no uh, McGregor no and who did he fight? McGregor and um Mayweather. Yeah. This is it doesn't even come close to that level of interest from the community. People hate CEOs. People love but, celebrities, not businessmen. But like that's the whole thing of Mayweather, right? Like he wants people to hate him, so they come and like want to see him lose so don't people want to come and see them he's never like, lost though no i know but like that's the whole thing right people like he has that persona of being like hate me and come see me lose but i'm not gonna lose and you're gonna hate me even more for it wouldn't that work people would want to go see zuckerberg and musk fight it out and see who's gonna like beat the shit out of each other they the thing is they wouldn't even be a stand-up match they wouldn't be throwing or kicking or anything because it'd be like he's different weight classes and stuff right as well <laughs> Zuckerberg's very lean. It's a, a dumb thing to th- maybe like do a spelling bee mm-hmm. or something like a coding bee. A coding bee that could be interesting. Mm. Code Twitter from code this app from scratch could be interesting. That's going to generate even less interest than a yeah. Be like an MMA, like. MMA could you match. imagine a whole bunch of I was about to say a whole bunch of nerds in like an octagon, but isn't that like an esports thing anyway? Like a Call of Duty um, stadium <laughs> event, and it's just them just like coding. Yeah. <laughs> So fucking lame. <laughs> ah, man. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. I don't know why you brought that up, but I'll... A little bit of fun. I will... <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it this time and I'll give it mm-hmm. two minutes of my time. Okay. And that's... It. Time. Time. You Any follow, other articles? You follow up with something good after that one. <laughs> what other ones do I have in there? All right, so you have Gen Z is lost on what to where to work. You have Google Domains is dead. Mm-hmm. Pretty boring. Mm-hmm. 92.5% of photo- photo- photographs, photos mm-hmm. are shot with smartphones. Yeah. 
People born before 1990 are sharing trivial skills. Oh, that's a fun one. And then Andy Samberg. Yeah. Do you want a fun one or do you want the Gen Zs not knowing what to wear in the office I want something now? that's going to carry us through at least half of the next 25 minutes. Both of those good. Let's go to the Gen Z one because that's a big thing at the moment, which you never really thought. Like it's an interesting take on what they, what they don't what they wear to work. What they don't know where to work. So for the last couple of years, right, most people have been working from home since COVID. So you have like this whole young generation of people now being asked to go into the office space and know how, have no idea what corporate wear is. Because, like, most corporate places have, like, a bit, not a uniform, but have, like, a particular set of clothes that you should be wearing. So they can't be wearing their wide, you know, wide leg jeans and their crop tops or whatever it is. Can't be going in with their loungewear or pajamas <laughs> and need to figure out, like, what to wear in the office space. And now you have a whole bunch of stuff on TikTok at the moment of these, like, millennials teaching Gen Zs on what to wear in the office. You know, black pants, white shirt, that type of stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> One question. Yes. Where are the parents? They don't care. Your parents are supposed to teach you what to wear. Kids don't listen to their parents. They listen to what people say online instead. Oh, my God. Gen Z is lost on what to wear to work, and TikTok creators have stepped in to provide office-style inspiration. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. I know. So you can't just be like, What's a, why have I seen people on the street going to work where I don't, I've never used my eyes before. I've never caught the train. I don't know what people wear. Everyone just wears sweaters and jeans. That's why the whole like the, How the dumb get are ready. People are getting stupid out here. The whole get ready with me thing. That's why it's so popular. People love those seeing what other people are wearing for inspo or getting dressed. Is there an alternative? Is it the opposite of that? There don't should... get ready. Like get lazy with me. No, no, no. What's it called? Bed running. no. What did you say a second ago? There's a whole trend of... Get ready with me. So there should be a whole trend on the other spectrum, the other end of the playing field. Get unready with me. Yeah. Stripping. Uh, Stripping. Yeah. That's that's called OnlyFans. Oh. <laughs> Free content though? Um, Maybe. But there's there's probably like a people like the... I think it's like the like nighttime routine or like get get in pajamas with me or something like that, you know, where you get on your trackies and you take off your makeup and you get on your... That's what I meant. I did stripping. It was like, that was a, clearly a joke. <laughs> I tried to figure All out right, what so new graduates meant. entering the working world have gotten used to virtual presentations and remote internships. So corporate TikTokers are telling them how to dress appropriately for the office. Most of the class of 2023 entered college just before or during the pandemic. So they haven't had the chance to integrate their personal style into work-appropriate attire. Cue the content creators sharing style tips on how to become a corporate baddie (laughs) after getting used to taking Zoom calls in sweatpants. Mm -hmm. Okay. TikTok's hashtag office outfit has been viewed over 800 million times. It's It's a lot. Yeah, but it's also a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And similar hashtags have had several hundred millions. Young employees are still figure, figuring out what style choices are okay in an office and which ones are best safe for weekends. I don't have time for this. But like we work in the clothing business, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things as more people are to go into the office, like corporate wear, things like that, just that particular style and like what to wear in the office, what's appropriate. Depends on the job. It does. So this chick here is like putting on classic black work pants and black top and like a brown Beige jumper. Knitted sweater thing mm-hmm. and then cons. Yeah. You know what's wearing cons in an office? I'm not here to say all females must wear high heels in the office or whatever, but you can't wear cons in the office. Some like a lot of more office spaces are getting heaps more relaxed okay. now. It's like I think the it has office- to be a definition of like what is office because it could be an office where you're sitting behind a desk and no mm-hmm. one sees your feet all day mm-hmm. or it could be somewhere where you- you're in an office and you have to walk clients back and forth and you can't just have sneakers on. Well, it just depends. Like the the whole – this is coming down to the, the, the debate now, the whole office genre and what, what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. It's like it's been slowly changing over time. Like it used to be one of those uh, masinistic, misogynic – what's the word? Fire out. The, Misogynistic. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, where women had to wear heels. 
um, and that's really not the case anymore. So people can sort of, you know, wear flat shoes or wear, you know, just nice looking sneakers because like like a pair of Converse would pro- is probably going to be more expensive than a pair of heels that a woman can wear into work anyway. You can get really cheap. Like people wear like $30, you know, heels from like Target or like Kmart or whatever, but then you come in with, you know, $300 Air Jordans. Like what, like... Yeah, no, I've never, I've never said Air Jordan. I've said Converse. <laughs> They're sixty bucks. Yeah, no, but you can get like the really fancy Converse that are like two hundred bucks, <sighs> like the chunky ones. You can also get a really fancy lunch if you want to. It doesn't mean it's necessary. You could, and there's probably a whole, you know, TikTok hashtag of <laughs> like what's lunch, it? Office, office lunches. Yeah, ma'am. We should um, just make TikToks. Yeah, just around office um, attire, even though that both of us don't work in an office. I mean, what what ter- what determines an office? Um, a corporate building. Not necessarily. Just a building, not at home. An office is basically a wall and a computer. Yeah, but not at home. Not necessarily. But you're not going to, they're talking about like out of the home, like going to travel somewhere to a place of work. Where people see you. Yes. And you're representing. The company. Yes. Yes. That's the point. <laughs> it depends. It's just like. Is it a bank? Mm-hmm. Is it a, a law firm? Is it office at a library? That's what that's where there's and this, that's where TikTok comes into play. It can help so you out no matter what business you work in. <laughs> okay. Oh man, TikTok. You love you love your TikTok. Just the trends at the moment, just seeing, you know, what's about. I think I'm just getting a lot of like fashion stuff at the moment. So okay, no. fashion and bedwetting. A bedrotting. Bedwetting. Fashion and bedwetting. <laughs> you watch. There'll be a trend now. How do Wet your bed without, you know, losing sleep. <laughs> um, I think it's called an um, adult diaper. Adult diaper. Adult nappy to be able to wear. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole generation of people, kids, not knowing. Have they not heard of Google? Like, we didn't know. Who, who taught us? I mean, I've never worked in an office, but who taught us how to w- wear clothes for an office? Like our parents did. Yeah. Because- so what are the, my, my question remains. Where are the parents? The, the parents probably said, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, so their version of Google is searching on TikTok or YouTube or Shorts or Instagram. All this is highlighting to me is instead of Googling, mm-hmm. watch TikTok. Yeah. Which one allows you to lose time faster? TikTok, 100%. People aren't catching on to this at all. They're just not... Not working out the the problems with TikTok. I'm I'm all for like being a creator and pumping stuff on there, mm-hmm. but to go there for answers, mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing? Watching people explode, have eggs explode out of microwaves. Um, that's what I said. I went on there for two seconds to post a clip of this saw? show, and then I watched people blowing up eggs. Nice. I see. That's what your type of content is. No, I clicked off immediately. <laughs> Don't like eggs exploding. I just don't. I don't understand the need to mm-hmm. browse TikTok. Yeah, for a bunch of eighteen-year-olds giving seventeen-year-olds advice. Because mm-hmm. no, that's, that's the difference. It's yeah, it is. They're pretending to be a different in a different um, generation. Generation. Gotcha. What's more like? I mean, would you twenty t- twenty-five-year-olds giving twenty-one-year-olds advice? Yeah. yeah. I'm dubious of anyone. Like, I'm dubious of taking advice from anyone. Yeah. People need a bit more of a, a filter on these type of things. I think for you, like if it comes out of a book that's been around for like 10 years, you're like, all right, I'm going to listen to this person. It's just no intuition. Like what are these kids doing? Just chilling out on TikTok, obviously. Trying to figure out what to wear. I'm when surprised they go into the Gen Zs that even go and want to work in an office, to be honest. I thought they were all wanted to be creators. They don't have a choice. A lot of businesses are making people come into work now. But you have to work for them to begin with to go yeah, to the office. Yeah, a lot of people got the remote jobs because that was like ideal for them, right? So they got these jobs to work online, um, do their job from home or do their job from bedroom. But now COVID is like long gone. People want people back in the office. Like Twitter, Disney, Meta, like all these big corporations are making people come back into the office. You can wear sneakers small- at those places. Yeah. That's so different. Then all these small companies are making people come back. So, yeah. you know. It kind of depends on how much you're earning as well. Mm-hmm. If you're earning 300K a year, you ain't wearing cons there unless it's a super new wave type of business. There's it- actually a fancy cons called new waves, I'm pretty sure. All right, let's, <laughs> we're moving on from this topic now. <laughs> this is interesting. Not interesting, but it's just like a whole generation. Was that of a, like- a subtle 
seed to get some new wave cons for Christmas? It's like, why'd you bring that up? No, no, I've, I've thrifted two pairs of Kongs in the past week. So New Wave, though? You need New Wave? Nah, they're, I'm not a fan of the. I think they're called New Wave Cons. New Wave Cons. I think you're making things up. Yeah, they're. Which one's these things? Yeah. Well, you definitely can't wear those to the office. Are they called New Waves? I can't remember. Yeah. They're no, they're really. Star. They're the um, super expensive ones. I think you just made something up. There's a pair of Converse with a wave on them. No, they're just like the wavy ones, but those are the ones I was thinking of. They're pretty... um, Pretty crazy looking. Pretty cheap considering Converse Runstar motion platform. They are probably the ugliest shoe I've seen (laughs) in a decade. They're very bizarre looking. The beige. Oh, man. I just... They're hideous. Mm Mm-hmm. Seen people wearing them. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like the you know the ugly like Balenciaga like. Boot. It's like a Balenciaga Converse, yeah. Yeah, it's just like that chunky sort of style. And they're half price for that reason. <laughs> but yes, not my style. I like the classic looking Converse. That's me. A little bit of platform. You've thrown me off. I don't know what to where to go from there. Well, did you want to go in the fun one and see if you want a nostalgia blast from the past and see if you remember any of those um, articles? Which which one? The I think it's the BuzzFeed one, so you know it's legit. <laughs> Unless you want to go, do you have any other viewer ones that you want to talk about? I have some serious hard-hitting hustle news to talk about. Then talk about it. Right, older adults are revealing the pre-90s habits they knew how to do by heart that have... Fuck, what is with these titles for these articles? Well, like, they're not article titles. They're just like... Is it an article? No, it is. Is but, it a title? But it's not, like, designed as, like, a proper, like, headline. It's designed oh, as, like, an them. SEO. Like, just, oh, my God. Older adults are revealing the pre-90s habits they knew how to do by heart that have essentially become obsolete now. So this is probably someone who works oh remotely my God. from home. <laughs> oh, my God. Getting a headache just reading it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm not doing one of these. There's not even articles. There's just, it's, it's just, just a listicle with images. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not doing that. I, <laughs> I know this is fucking my show too, and I ain't doing that. <laughs> no more BuzzFeed. I'm calling it right here. Sorry for <laughs> your listeners. I ain't doing BuzzFeed anymore. No, nah, it's pretty it's just, bad. I want to be sub-serious here. Yeah, you don't want to have a quiz that tells you. No, because yeah. I know I'm awesome, and I don't need the quiz to tell me that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Sorry, I, I don't mean, I'm mean to be rude to Sarah here, but I ain't doing it. No, it's pretty funny. I ain't doing it. It's pretty funny. I ain't, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Not, ah. <laughs> okay, some serious tech ah. news. Dun, dun, dun. That's like a Wade's World watch. I don't know if that's serious. What's the, um, the. That was more like a nine nightly news sound. No, yeah, you need like the trumpets. Oh, and... we need to get a. Like a soundboard. Soundboard. Yeah, so you can pay, play dun, sound dun, effects. Dun, 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 dun. We'll have a sound just for when we re- reject Sarah's articles. Dun, dun. Like a deal or no deal. Yeah. But, you know, bum, bum. <laughs> Bogus. Bum, bum. Bogus article. Anyway, no, sorry, I'm not trying to be mean to you. No, it's funny. What? That the article was bad. It's funny for you. You shouldn't yeah. have to be the one that has to shut it down. You just have to sit there and be like, oh, <laughs> <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> All right. So techcrunch.com, Patreon, the... The serious company. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon ads, e-commerce tools, and free fan membership. So this is, I mean, not crazy news, but it's just interesting to see where it's going. Did- what are you, You're getting distracted. I'm trying to read an article to you. What are you pointing at? Um, the, the one that they chose to pick was Dungeons and Daddies. And when we started off with this, we are like, hey, we need to incorporate dads more. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> we, that's our way of incorporating dads. Fair yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. So Patreon, obviously, they're known for paid membership and tiered memberships in terms of building a community around the content that you make. They've helped a lot of creators build or no, just actually create content for their community as well. Like it's been crowdfunded yes. and without Patreon, um, they wouldn't be able to release that exclusive content for mm-hmm. people. They wouldn't actually be able to- Here you go. You're in a role. Yep. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to have a business or anything as well. It's helped them, I guess, launch their businesses or launch their content and just make it that little bit more- um, Exclusive community building yes. and mm-hmm. uh, get financed as well. Yeah, 100%. So Patreon is rolling out an expansion of its tools for digital creators. Monthly fan subscriptions are Patreon's bread and butter. But later this year, creators will be able to sell one-off digital goods. 
and offer free subscriptions. So previously, it's mostly just been uh, a tiered membership where you get certain features and benefits mm-hmm. for each tier. Yeah, so you get like not- a newsletter or an exclusive podcast exactly. or things like that. Yeah, But you don't really get a digital – you can't sell things through mm-hmm. there. There's no storefront. There's no e-commerce shop per se. Mm-hmm. And they're also offering free memberships. Yeah. So it gives people or creators a way to add uh, more people into their community that want to support but maybe don't have the financial means to do so. So the free to paid conversion path is quite successful. So it's saying, you know, just not everyone wants to pay straight away, but having a free option is a successful route to getting them from freed to one of your paid tiers. Gotcha. But if we never don't have the free tier to begin with, then the the jump from zero to nothing, or zero to paying $10 a month is a big jump as mm. opposed to joining, seeing what benefits are available first, testing the waters, and then paying once you see the benefit. Try before you buy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Patreon's chief product of uh, – so that's a previous sentence. Uh, oh, I can – let me start it again. Julian Goodman, Patreon's chief product officer – sees the free subscription product as beneficial to creators who can then use their subscription list like a newsletter or a way to just reach all of their biggest fans at once. And hopefully getting fans into a free membership community will encourage them to make a monthly pledge. Hmm. As always, creators can choose which perks they want to offer each tier of membership. Creators can actually know who their fans are, have their super fans in one place and have the ability to post something and know it's going to reach all of them. So Patreon's leadership has been vocal about how algorithmically generated content feeds can sometimes hurt creators. So traditional social media platforms, which we touch on near every week. Um, not everything gets to every person that's subscribed to you. Yes. So the mysterious TikTok algorithm can work wonders, but once a creator builds up that following, it can be hard to know whether or not their fans will even see their posts. Um, So that's basically a workaround that Patreon's trying to work into their new model. Mm -hmm. Instagram has a fundamental choice to make. Are we building a place where people can build deep, intimate, lasting relationships, or are we building a top-of-funnel mass media algorithmic curation platform. So it's uh, is the stuff we're making here to build a, and nurture a deep, connected yes. community or are we just feeding the algorithm for views? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's views and value. Well, that's something that Patreon's really been trying to build from the start, right? Like it's just a very member-centric fan base hub that people can go to, you know, that – because either people like pay for it or subscribe for it, all they're getting is content for them. They're not getting anything else at all. So it's kind of cool that they're they are making a, an additional revenue stream, I suppose, um, to be able to get some extra money in there and money out. Um, but yeah, like when it comes to Instagram or YouTube, your stuff could just get lost. Like yeah. your fans, because they they don't only follow you, but they follow like you know a thousand other people, whereas, like, Patreon's very much more curated. Well, how many Patreon accounts do you follow? Uh, none at this stage. Yeah, so the people that you do follow, mm-hmm. you're you're in a tight-knit community yeah. of people that have selected them, hand-selected them over the potential 100 creators across all the platforms that you follow and you like. Mm-hmm. To follow someone on Patreon means it's a, it's a, they're a head above the rest of everyone else because – You've gone that extra mile of tapping into their community. Mm-hmm. Same as like a Discord group. To go above and beyond and join that group and be a, an active part of it is very different to just having someone that you're following mm-hmm. and you see their stuff from time to time. So it's good for, for creators that want to build that community. And most of us should, right? Because yeah. like you said, like the content gets lost in the feed so easily because there's so much coming out all the time. But if I don't follow anyone on Patreon and you don't follow anyone on Patreon, that means the value of anyone that's on Patreon following you is 10 times or even 100 times more impactful and powerful than just a general follower on a different platform. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, if you start paying for it, you're going to be more invested because you want to make sure that you're getting like your money's worth in a way. So you're going to be more conscious of it, more engaged as well. Um as opposed to like a free platform like Instagram, like YouTube, 
those ones there, you just go in and out whenever you want. There's like no yeah. commitment in a way. So it's, it's like a form of commitment. Well, anytime you get something for free, you don't value it. Yes. You, you take it for granted, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you've got some money on the line or not necessarily a stake, but you've, you've paid for something, you want to see a return on that money that you're going to chase it up and you're going to make sure it's delivering on what it's promised. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're following someone for free, there's no promise there at all. You're not, you're, you're giving them a, an extra number on their account, but there's no promise from them or from you. There's no promise from you that you're going to stick around forever. And there's no promise from them that, that they're going to keep giving you exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. So it's, it just makes things a lot more tight knit on patreon and having these extra features now Mm -hmm. in terms of being able to sell digital products directly yeah you know the people that are already on patreon are more likely going to support than if you just had ten thousand people on instagram for example then you just make like an ebook and try and sell it Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot harder to transact or you're gonna have a, a much lower percentage of people that are willing to pay for that product as opposed to patreon so I guess Patreon is more closely aligned with the thousand true fans idea. That's what I was exactly going to say or thinking about as well is just that that core fan base, those people that you know that are going to follow you anywhere and, you know, buy what you sell, you know, listen to what you talk about, just those core group of people, they're the ones that are going to stick around long term and going to follow your journey and be really, really invested in you and then happy to support you as well. Like you want to be able to curate like a membership or a fan base or a community for people that really value what it is that you're putting down. Like you don't want people following you that don't care what you say. I mean, you're talking about it before the UFC fighter Israel. Is he Israel Adesanya? Yes. Like what you were saying before was he would just like post whatever to try and weed out those people. I was saying on, I think it was flagrant that because he's an athlete and a sports star, we all know that they have their highs and lows and they have huge fan bases, but there's also even the people that are your fans subconsciously somewhere along the line, they also root for your demise or your downfall. So once you do lose, there's a lot of hate that comes through as well because part of them wants to see someone that's exceptional fail. But on the other side, people want to see someone fail and rebuild. So there's a lot of like, concepts and psychology at play there Mm -hmm. but basically with with an athlete for example they can either win or they lose you're going to get love and hate on both ends of the spectrum so his philosophy is he wants to weed out or like the fake fans the fans that are here now they're only here because i'm winning but the second i make a wrong move or have a defeat they're the ones the first ones to bash on me so i want to try and just weed out all the fake followers whether they know they're fake or not, mm-hmm. they don't know until you present them an option where they get to choose if they're a true follower or not. Mm-hmm. So his idea is he just does things to try and weed them out purposefully. So he'll just post a bunch of random things that he believes in or he thinks is funny or that um, sort of resonated with him at that moment that's true to him and his brand as a way of giving people an option almost to see if they fully on if they're fully on board with him and his personality mm-hmm. and lifestyle, or if they're like, oh wait, I thought I liked him, but this thing he posted is a bit whack and I don't agree with, so I'm going to unfollow. He wants to keep doing that, mm-hmm. where you're almost doing like an eighty twenty analysis on your followers at all times and just yeah. getting rid of the twenty percent dead weight consistently. Mm-hmm. That's his philosophy. Yeah, and then if you have something like a Patreon included in that, you know those. Once people are being weirded out, you've got that core group of people yeah. that are going to support you no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you want. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm. So, should we – I don't know. We're, 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 we've talked about this jokingly, but we're far too early in the process for a Patreon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, some sort of, like, monetary support. We'll get there eventually. Um We'll do a website, all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, we're just slowly – actually now starting to crank out a lot of shorts and – um uh, like vertical format videos. So if you guys have noticed that we've ramped up our promo, we're trying to anyway to get out there. Um, as soon as you say trying to, part oh, of us is going to be like, oh, it's a bit we're off the hook a little bit. We're, no. gonna, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're doing it. Yeah. Also, I guess a note to correct that I kept saying Beetlejuice was a- Yes, what, a, we should do a, uh, what's it called? And well, a, a not addendum. It's- no, because I was like, listening to Armchair Expert and at the end they do like corrections, right? Yes. Yeah, so they do like amendments. 
Okay, yeah, it is an addendum. An item or additional material added at the end of a book or document, mm-hmm. typically in order to correct, clarify, or supplement something. I'm fucking... I failed English, but I just pull in... Like, I just know You're reading words. more, so you're learning it's not more even that. I just, It's like, you know how someone has a car crash and they can speak Spanish? <laughs> For <laughs> some just, reason, there's, like, something happened and I just have words. You just got, like, a bit of group of words I'm not trying then. to, like, be like, oh, I'm, like, the craziest vocabulary ever. I just... Or is it because you've in- read... have an inkling? You probably know that word is because you've read a lot of science tech books and they probably have a bit at the end where they have like amendments for like facts and stuff. Well, they, the book wouldn't be published in that case. But it could be like, you know, when it's like, you know, version four, uh, version five. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, addendum. Addendum. We just, yeah. Yeah. So what was your, what were you clarifying for this, this week's addendums? addendums? Um, uh, so Beetlejuice, I kept calling it a reboot, but it is actually a sequel. So yes. my bad. No my bad on that one. Forgiven. Yeah. Um, forgiven addendums is forgiven. The- oh, I love that little forgiven addendums. Do you have anything to that you got wrong from the previous one? Of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's never wrong, apparently. <laughs> I mean, now there's a, a chance for everyone to jump on the bandwagon and be like, "You're wrong." <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm wrong all the time. I just edited it out. No. That's the key. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll Thank see you, you guys next week, next Monday for episode seventy-three. Bye. Bye.